Nutrition is part of our world and nutrients are what our body needs. But with all the fads, gimmicks, trends, and unrealistic ideas about eating, things can be very confusing. Let's dig through the hype and adopt a way of eating that is sustainable and provides the nutrients we need without freaking out over our food. Join me if you're ready to be over the dogma that there's a right and a wrong way to eat. Here, we navigate eating healthier in the real world. Hello, and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Rael, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. I invite you to listen to this podcast with an open mind and be willing to let go of long-standing beliefs about nutrition. I am a nutrition myth buster, helping to dispel myths and misinformation about food and nutrition. I help people have improved health, wellness, and energy without dieting. Welcome to today's show. everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Real World Nutrition. Today I'm going to address alcohol consumption, alcohol in moderation, and what this means as it relates to recommendations or guidelines. Now I know not everyone who listens consumes alcohol, but it is still something that a lot of people do use and consume, so I feel it must be addressed. Also, Something I was looking up recently, and of course right now I can't remember the information or the source, is that, not surprising to a lot of people, is that alcohol sales and consumption increase quite a bit around the holiday season. And we have heard a lot that alcohol consumption increased in 2020 and 2021 for obvious reasons. So what is moderation mean when it comes to alcohol? And what exactly is a serving? So moderate alcohol consumption defined is precisely, I should say it's precisely defined, but what I first want to point out is that this term or the word moderation is one of those words that's somewhat ambiguous when it comes to various things. It'll mean something different to different people depending on the subject or the person or pre-existing habits. So, for example, if somebody says, is it okay for me to drink soda? Well, first I want to know if I say, yes, you can have it in moderation. I first want to find out how often they're drinking it. If they have one a day, great. But I also want to dig deeper and find out, is it a 12-ounce soda or is it one of those 64-ounce large drinks? 
And I don't mean great that they're drinking soda, but first, you know, find out. Let's find, dig deeper and find out what people are drinking. So moderation is an ambiguous term. So we need to know more when I need to know more when telling people to consume things in moderation. Now, when it does come to alcohol, in the dietary guidelines for Americans, there is a specific amount and it is very specific to who it is recommended for. So the dietary guidelines for Americans state that adults of legal drinking age, obviously, can choose not to drink, of course. Or they can drink in moderation by limiting their intake to two drinks or less a day for men, one drink a day or less for women on days when alcohol is consumed. And then, of course, the guidelines do not recommend that individuals start drinking alcohol for any reason if they don't want to. And just on a side note, the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, and the American Heart Association have these same guidelines, emphasizing that abstinence first and then moderation for those who choose to drink. And I know some people are sometimes horrified by this recommendation by saying, oh my gosh, they're telling us to drink, while other people are like, oh, well, let me get going right now. But there are things about these guidelines, these overarching guidelines, that I want to point out. As I've already said, if you choose not to consume alcohol, that's fine. And some people may even wonder why this is even part of any guidelines. But as you know, for quite a while now, alcohol is indeed legal and people do choose to drink it. So we do have guidelines for it. And if you don't consume it, don't start. There's no need to do that. Your health is not going to be improved by doing that. And if you enjoy alcohol a few times a year or a few times a month, there's no need to increase intake. And when we say moderation, so going to the moderate amount defined, as I said, one drink for women, two drinks for men per day, up to is the emphasis. So of course, having less is always an option. Having more is not a good idea. And the difference in the guidelines between men and women is related to a specific enzyme among those differences between the sexes. It's not because women are smaller, because, hello, that's one, a stereotype, and two, you can have a man and a woman who are both 150 pounds. One isn't smaller if they're both 150 pounds, but the woman has less of that enzyme that helps metabolize alcohol. Therefore, that is why there is a difference between men and women. Now, the other important thing to point out here is that one drink does also have a specific definition. And I know there's lots of jokes about this with the giant glasses of wine, but one drink is defined and it isn't what people tend to think. One drink is the amount that contains 0.6 fluid ounces of pure alcohol, also known as ethanol, which that is just a type of alcohol. And that 0.6 fluid ounces would be whether we're choosing beer, wine, 
distilled spirits or other malt beverage that tends to vary based on generations. So like wine coolers or hard ciders would be example of malt beverages. So the serving size of 0.6 fluid ounces. So 0.6 fluid ounces of pure alcohol, of course, is diluted in a lot of cases if we're talking wine or beer. And it'll depend on what that amount of beer is as a serving, depending on the alcohol by volume or ABV. So let me give some guidelines here. One drink equivalent goes by the average of the different types of alcohol. So for example, one drink would be the equivalent of 12 ounces of beer at 5% ABV or alcohol by volume. So a 12 ounce beer, that's less than a pint that a lot of places will serve or the beers often come in. Five ounces of wine at 12% ABV. And in some cases, it may be closer to three or four ounces of wine if there's a higher alcohol content. But five ounces of wine, and that would be about four glasses in the average wine bottle. And then distilled spirits are part of this one drink definition of alcohol, and that would be one and a half ounces or one shot of distilled spirits at 40% ABV or what is 80 proof. And that one shot of distilled spirits or what are distilled spirits would be anything from tequila, vodka, whiskey, bourbon, gin, and I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting, but that is what we're referring to with regard to the distilled spirits. So as I said already, if the ABV or alcohol by volume or the proof is higher, then that one drink equivalent would be less volume. So if you have a high alcohol content beer, it may be a 10 ounce serving of beer is that one drink equivalent. So while those drinks are defined, I often tell people, is that the amount you're being served? For example, in some restaurants, that wine glass may look like it's not very full, but that glass of wine could hold up to 10 ounces. So if it's only half full, that may be the five ounce serving already. So keep that in mind as the size of the glass may be different. And some people do believe that one type of alcohol is more or less harmful or quote, better for us, but that isn't necessarily true. If you're following that one drink equivalent, Having that shot of whiskey isn't better or worse than having an ale or a glass of red wine. Now, the per day, when we're talking about the guideline, it says up to one drink for women, women per day, up to two drinks for men per day. This is another crucial point, and this is a use it or lose it situation. So having the one or two drink per day is not an average during the week, and it's not something that carries over to the weekend or a special occasion. So very often people will tell me they don't drink Monday through Thursday, but then have two to five drinks on Friday, another two to five on Saturday, and more on Sunday, especially during football season. And this is not the same as having a daily drink because of the way the body and specifically the liver needs the time to metabolize alcohol. So don't, I've, and I've had people ask me this, can I save it up for the weekend? And no, I mean, 
actually, yes, you can, but that's not in the spirit of the guidelines. And then something else that is important to point out is that alcohol itself is a source of calories. And while there are carbohydrates in beer and wine, even in those low-carb beers, there's still going to be some in there. Most of the calories do come from alcohol. Alcohol itself has seven calories per gram, and that's compared to four calories per gram of carbohydrate, four calories per gram of protein, and nine calories per gram of fat. So while alcohol, when we metabolize it, does tend to have an effect on your sugar, blood glucose levels, it is more in the in the category of fat because of the calorie content. But alcohol on itself is not a fat. It is not a carbohydrate. It is its own source of calories. And so if we're having a drink that is a higher alcohol by volume, there will be more calories. And then we have to keep in mind too, that if we're having something like a liqueur or a mixed drink, there's gonna be added calories, most often from the sugars. So in general, going back to that serving size, a 12 ounce beer with the 5% ABV is about 150 calories. And again, it will vary based on different factors with regard to alcohol content and type of beer. On average, a five-ounce glass of wine is about 120 calories. Again, that's a 12% ABV. And then in general, a shot of distilled spirits, that 40% ABV or 80 proof, is about 100 calories. So that's that one and a half ounce serving or one shot. Again, if there's a mixer, like we're having a margarita or mixing Coke or other soda with the distilled spirit, got to count that as well. And that's easy to lose track of. Now, I'm not saying you have to count those. It's just acknowledge that those are there. Now, people will say, but I drink a glass of red wine because of it's, it's healthy for me. Now, there are potential health benefits of alcohol consumption in the context of of an overall lifestyle. So eating a healthy diet, exercising regularly, abstaining from tobacco will improve our overall health more than moderate alcohol consumption. And one of the most immediate effects alcohol has on the body is in the brain. And even with low intake of alcohol, we can have impaired judgment and impaired reasoning. And that explains, I think, that People will still drink and drive despite education campaigns to not do this. Also, alcohol will interfere with sleep patterns. So while people may feel they go to sleep much easier, it's less restful and it's disrupted. And then another thing a lot of people don't realize or just won't acknowledge. Alcohol in all forms is a known carcinogen. A carcinogen is substance, a substance that is known to cause cancer. So there's an increased risk of many types of cancer, even with moderate alcohol consumption, including breast cancer, colon cancer, liver cancer, and esophageal cancer. And people may say, well, why do people still drink alcohol then if, there's, if it's a known carcinogen? 
And I will respond, well, why do people go outside and expose themselves to the sun? It's a known carcinogen. We've got to balance what is a reasonable exposure with the terror or fear of getting a certain form of cancer. And then another thing I want to point out is because the calories in alcohol and the increase in food intake that often accompanies alcohol, there is the potential for weight gain as another side effect. One last thing I want to point out too is a lot of people may be aware of this, but alcohol should not be taken in conjunction with any medications, whether it's a prescription or an over-the-counter. And the reason for this, a lot of people don't realize, is that the liver is doing all the work of dealing with the medications, dealing with the alcohol, and dealing with a lot of things that we consume. And so the liver is doing all that. And if it's busy metabolizing alcohol because alcohol takes precedent, it shoves itself to the front of the line, the liver may not be able to metabolize the medications so they can do their job. So be very cautious. Talk to your pharmacist, talk to your doctor about any medications that you take and if you consume alcohol and whether it is safe to combine these two. So once again, this is just an overview of alcohol, moderation, what is considered a serving, whether or not there are health benefits. But I would, again, in the context of the overall diet, don't think that we can blow off healthy eating and exercise and not smoking and say, oh, this glass of red wine will save me. So again, if you choose to consume alcohol, be safe, be wise. Don't assume it's all good and do so in moderation. Cheers to real world nutrition. Take care. I invite you to join the Real World Nutrition Facebook group at Real World Nutrition. Sign up for my weekly email newsletter at ShellyRiel.com. Connect with me on your favorite social media sites by checking the links in the show notes. If you have a nutrition-related question you would like addressed in the podcast, post it in the Real World Nutrition Facebook group or use the form on my website, ShellyRiel.com, and click on Contact. Thanks for listening. Bye now.